This episode of Lash Boss Radio is brought to you by Paris Lash Academy. If you guys haven't heard of PLA, they are known for their pro-made fans. Even before uh, pre-mades, pro-mades were a thing and done well by a lot of companies, they were doing it right. They actually have their own manufacturing facility in Vietnam, and that is just next-level quality control, if you ask me. Um, I love PLA because uh, their team is just so incredibly generous and kind and sweet. Last year, I met them at the event that I threw with LashCast, which was the Las Vegas Lash Social, which was during IBS. We're doing it again this year, but um, I met them there and they were all like all smiles, all hanging out, just looked so happy to be together. And I just really liked that. I love that inside of a company. So They've got great quality products and their customer service is like unmatched. They're probably one of the most generous um, companies that I have come across. So thank you so much, PLA, for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to shop Paris Lash Academy, you can do so at parislashacademy.com and use code LASHBOSSRADIO for 15% off of your order. Thank you again, PLA, and here is today's episode. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. I've We've been trying to plan this for a while now. So mm-hmm. glad it's finally happening. Um, I want to start with how did you get to where you are today? Just walk me through a little brief last journey for us. All right. A brief last journey. Um, I started my last journey in 2015, actually. Um, that's whenever I got licensed. So that was like the very first step. And then I waited a minute. (laughs) I got my first job in the industry actually in 2017 uh, at a, how do you say, at a chain. Mm -hmm. We're just going to say a chain. I'm not going to mention names. Um, I lasted about nine months there, a little under a year. And I went to work um, for a private, you know, for myself, basically, mm-hmm. started renting a room. I was able to fill my books rather quickly. I had a lot of help doing that. Um, wasn't actually here in Austin. I think that helped quite a bit. It was actually in Burnett, which is okay. um, an hour north of here, a very small town of about 6,000 people. And I knew going into this industry that being a guy was going to set me apart mm-hmm. big time. Like, it's not just your... Um, another dude doing hair. You know, this is such a a much smaller niche industry. Um, And I said to myself, like, you have to be really, really good or you're not going to have a chance at all because reputation, you know. So, yeah, I got um, very lucky. I I got, I filled my books pretty quickly. And then I moved my business into Austin. (laughs) Then I got... Oh, oh, I'm forgetting one really major, major (laughs) part of the whole story. Uh, Back in 2019, I took my first mega volume training with a a huge brand. And uh, I saw what training could be. Like I saw how exciting it was and saw like I was so motivated and inspired by that day that I was like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to provide that for 
other lash artists because it was just such a, a iconic day in my in my lash life mm-hmm. you know so i thought how can i do this um so it's been ever since that day the i remember the first moment walking into that room like i immediately knew like this is it um so every move that i've made since then was to create my own space in order to you know to do that so couple questions here we are <laughs> One is um, how long or have you always been known as Lash Guy Pro? No. my So on Instagram, my original name that I wanted was simply Lash Guy. Okay. Like that's it, just Lash Guy. Um, but that was unfortunately taken. And uh, so I went with that Lash Guy. That okay. was my first original name was that Lash Guy. And then eventually whenever I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pour my heart and soul into this. I'm going to open a product line. I'm going to, you know, really, you know, go full force. What name do I want on the side of a, you know, shampoo bottle? What name do I want, like, on a glue? What could I, what could I envision on a store shelf somewhere? And it didn't have the word that in it. No offense to anybody that has the, the word that in their name, in their brand name, whatever. But for me, I wanted something that was a little bit more uh, to the point. So it was Lash Guy Pro. Second question to your story. Um, at what point or from what point did you take that class to your now training? How many years or months was that? Uh, from the first class to? From when you took your um, the first the training with the other mm-hmm. company to when you started Lash Guy Pro and training. Oh, gosh. Um 2019, so probably two years because immediately after I took that training, like the day after they reached out and said, would you like to be a brand ambassador? And at that point, A, I didn't have social media to speak of really. Mm-hmm. I had my social media there as like an uh, um, kind of like my own personal portfolio, but not into the extent of like where did, what it is today. Um, so I didn't really know how to use social media, but they reached out and were like, Hmm. Do you want to be? I was like, I was like, sure. I have no idea what that is, Aww. but let's they do it. They saw something. I think so. Yeah. So. Do you still have a good relationship with that company? I do. I I do. I I love them to death. I still use some of their products. Like my product line isn't as extensive as I want it to be at this point. Like we're we're well. Let me take that back. It's not as extensive as as it is going to be. Like I'm very happy with where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, like so. You're just scaling we're it just, at yeah. what the rate that it's right should yeah. be instead of yeah. Sometimes if you try to do things too soon, it actually hurts the company. So yeah, growing too fast is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the infrastructure there to back it all up or the the staff there to to you know to really support the business, then it's going to crash. I think also it's important to note that you do still have a great relationship with that company yes. even though you've started your own product line that shows something on both sides because sometimes when someone does exit a company mm-hmm. even if they're just affiliated with them in some way yeah someone gets weird about it somebody gets burned somebody gets upset but that is like i think that shows a lot of um integrity you know on their part um and yeah, I love them. I, I still do. And I still, you know, chat with the girls. So that's awesome. Sometimes. So 
about two years since when you were like, this is something I want to do to you actually Mm -hmm. saying like, wow, I am starting this. Walk me through what are some of those things in the two years that you were doing to make that dream a reality? Working on a curriculum, working on a curriculum, keeping a, a last journal that I still have to this day, that I still work, that I still put ideas in. I, I add to it literally daily. Like if I'm not adding to that, then something is wrong. Like something I'm <laughs> I'm very busy or on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so keeping a last journal of tips and tricks and um, ideas for classes, ideas for how to improve products that are already out there, you know, find finding issues and then finding solutions for those issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, like, how can you make this better? How can you make the industry like better as a whole? Um, and how more importantly, how can we make things um, easier to understand and more like digestible for people who are just starting out in the industry, mm-hmm. more accessible to people? Um, and that might sound weird because like you can literally do the job from your living room or your house. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's pretty accessible. But there are certain concepts and stuff that I find interesting that, um, you know, that I, that, I, that I try to explain in a way that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, you do a great job of that. Your social media is you're always providing value. It makes sense why you've grown so much. Um did you immediately see that when you started putting out content like that? Did it take a while? Um, <clears throat> I set a goal. I think whenever I was at about 2,000 followers, um, I reached out to Tress and I was like, um, so Tress with Lashbox LA, um, I reached out to her and I was like, by the end of this year, I want to hit 10,000 followers. And at that point, I think I had like, I was hovering around 2,000 mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I set a goal and said, that's what I want to, that's what, this is what I want to do. Um, so at that point you can kind of work backwards and say like, well, how many do I need, how many followers do I need to gain per month? And then how many followers do I need to gain mm-hmm. per week? And what am I going to do every day to hit that goal? You know, so yeah. just go hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Making more content. Did you um, change up like your aesthetic on there? Did you not worry about that as much? I uh, so I was trained pretty much by um, one of the the big ones mm-hmm. at at the company on on aesthetic and creating creating an aesthetic, um, and uh, I really did. I went really hard on uh, making everything you know look a certain way, um, but also providing a lot of value per post. I'm like, how can we? you know, reach people. Mm-hmm. How much time would you say that you spent on your social media at that time and now if it's changed? It has changed dramatically. <laughs> it has changed dramatically. Um, I became obsessed, like obsessed. And it, that is not, A, it's not really healthy whenever it comes to like your mental health and your personal life mm-hmm. and, you know... <laughs> But yeah, essentially, I kind of became obsessed and I was posting 24-7. I was constantly editing photos. This is before Reels. So I was constantly editing photos. Um, it'd be 1030 at night and my, my partner and I would be like in the living room trying to watch a movie and I'd be on my iPad and he'd have to be like, you've, you've got to stop working. Mm-hmm. It's time for bed. 
you know, and I was like, it's not work. It's fun. This is, you don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. You get it. I do. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of time every waking hour thinking about building a following and it paid off. I don't, I don't regret the way that I, I did it, but now there's a much more healthy way that I've found, um, to literally just put it on your schedule I batch work. I do whenever I'm making hot content, I'll do several reels in a day, edit my photos, get everything scheduled out. Um, I'm just starting to use Later, which mm -hmm. is a really cool scheduling app. Um, I was really excited whenever Instagram came out with their own, you know, scheduling feature mm -hmm. on the app. But it is so glitchy right now. Okay. It's still so early that it's just like you go to hit schedule and it just posts it. And I've had days where it just happens over and over and over and I've got four new posts in the same day. And now I've, you know, so I'm like, no, yeah. we're, we're moving our business over to later. Um, so scheduling that and having that time during the week to say, okay, everything else I'm turning off. We're just going to make reels. We're going to do, you know, carousels. We're going to do all these fun things and get them scheduled out for the week and then be able to work on other things in your business because there's so many other things in your business that are more important than just Instagram, mm -hmm. which yeah, I'm finding out. <laughs> I have found out. <laughs> so at this point in your career, you have a studio. You have people who rent spaces from yes. you. Yes, yes. And, of course, your trainings. Mm -hmm. So can you walk me through what a typical work day might look like? I know the work obviously would look different every day, but mm -hmm. I also am curious about I've been asking everybody this. I'm mm -hmm. obsessed with morning and evening routines. If you have any like things, it's just so interesting to me. And I'm so, sure other people are curious. Morning routine. Yes. I, I get up at my body wakes me up at seven o'clock every morning. Like I don't need an alarm. Wow. Like it's just boom. I'm, I'm awake. Um, sometimes six 30. And, uh, so my partner and I will literally just have coffee. I don't have coffee. I have tea. So he has coffee. I have tea. Um, in bed. First thing I do though is drink a full glass of water before coffee, before caffeine, like rehydrate your body after the night and then like, and then get to your caffeine. Um, I've found that it kind of, um, it feels better. It feels you know better. that they say you should drink most of your water in the morning versus in the evening when people are trying to get all of their water in, they start doing it in the evening and it's really just I forget ah. what is the reason, but it's almost like your body is not filtering it. Right. Never you're mind. not like absorbing it. You're just, you're just, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, there's, I could have said that better, but sure. you get it. Yeah. I got you. Um, so yeah. Uh, first thing in the morning is, is a glass of water and then finish up with, or, and then and start the day with a, a nice hot tea. Um, and then we'll go sit outside by the pool and catch some, catch some sun um, on an ideal day and like play with the dogs a little bit. So it's not like we're not getting up and like rush, 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 rush and get out. And then I'm the cook in the family. So I cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Yeah. A lot of times we'll do like meal prep, but in the, in the morning I'll, um, I'll do breakfast for us and we have a nice like leisurely breakfast. And then we're off to our respective rooms in the house. Cause he also works from home and I work upstairs, um, in our, so we just moved into this house and it's got a huge like theater room upstairs that it's not a theater room yet. So I took over as my 
uh, <laughs> my work studio. Mm-hmm. So I've got like my background. That's where I film. Hey, That's where I, I do this. My this mm-hmm. is upstairs in our theater room with my background and everything and lights and all that. Pretty cool. So yeah, it's 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 my my little sanctuary. Mm. I love it. And he works downstairs underneath me. Amazing. Um, I lost my train of thought. I do this every time. Right. Oh my gosh. I have really bad, uh, short-term memory loss or something. (laughs) That's okay. I, I actually brought cards. Really? But I didn't, I didn't write anything on them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I need, I've got to show up with my, um, my index cards. Yes. I did that at the summit. Like we had little, Yeah. yeah. Um, it was about, oh Yes. I was going to ask, um, is there anything that has surprised you when you started gaining more followers or the, anything? yes, the, um, the hunger for information that's out there is just overwhelming at times. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that the, the, this is was not not really surprising. It was surprising at first, but now it's not. Um, the amount of misinformation or bad information or home remedies or this or that that people are just coming up with their own theories behind things. One of one of which, two of which, I'll mention. Um, but like, no shade, no tea, no shade, all that. You know about there's no such thing as allergic reactions. That's something that I've heard, which is like... Agreed with you, not that. (laughs) So uh, that's one thing that I was just like floored, floored whenever I heard that. And that the Flonase thing, Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, it just sends chills down my spine. Like, oh, I hope, I hope everybody just remains safe in that (laughs) nobody has to learn any kind of hard, hard lessons from that. Um, But yeah. So that's those are some shocking things that I've. <laughs> um, do you feel like your work life has gotten easier? Is it harder? Is it different in some ways, like easier in some and harder in other? It is all of the above, all of the above. It is both much more fulfilling in a way because I'm constantly learning new things. Um about the business aspect of running a business. Mm-hmm. You know, running an Instagram is not running a business. There, there are parts that have gotten easier. There are parts that have gotten harder. The Instagram part started pretty, it was difficult at first to like kind of find my way. But now that's pretty much, you know, I've got that, I've got that, I've got that covered. I've got mm-hmm. that aspect of the business covered. But now it's like, let's play with spreadsheets. And budgeting and um, moving money around and like the, all the stuff behind the scenes that is not so fun unless you're an actual numbers person, which I am not a numbers mm-hmm. person. So that is like, let's, you know, let's learn business. A lot, that's I think I have that in common with a lot of people in the beauty industry Same. because most of us are creatives. Right. Right. So we don't do numbers. Mm-hmm. There's is it Ashley? Ashley Gonzalez. Right. Yeah. Num- numbers girl. Yeah. 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 From Beautylicious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was like, girl, we need to have a convo. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, so that's something that has um, not I wouldn't say gotten harder, but it's it provides me with a, a good challenge, like on a weekly basis of like, let's learn something new. 
Um, <clears throat> and so that, that's, that's a, that was a huge change. Something that I didn't realize, maybe naively, probably naively, whenever I was a full-time lash artist, thinking that oh, I'm just going to go ahead and start a product line and start a business and do e-commerce and do all this other stuff, that it was going to be a lot like just being a lash artist mm. and it could not be further from the truth. The fact, hold on, it, maybe that's not as accurate as I want to say. I think more, more accurately to describe that is I didn't think there was going to be as much of a shift. I didn't, I didn't realize the fact that you're, it's a completely different job. Like it is just a completely different ball game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, sure. There's an aspect of creativity to it. There's a lot of aspect of creativity whenever you're, you know, solving problems and, and making graphics and doing, you know, uh, designing labels and, and all this stuff that's creative, but it's not the reason that I got into, you know, working with clients and creating art on somebody's face, you know, like changing the way somebody feels about themselves when they they look in the mirror, changing the way that they interact with the world, essentially. So that part of it has, you know, has gone away in a way, but it's also kind of been replaced by this other thing that I, that I get to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and change people's lives in different ways. Yeah. So it's all, you know, balances out, I think. Mm-hmm. As you've started to gain followers, have you also gained people that disagree with you and, like, are very vocal about that? Mm-hmm. What is that like? On on Instagram, I think they do a very good job, or they have done a very good job of, like, insulating me from any kind of, like, hate speech or any kind of anything like that. Um, I don't – I do not experience that on Instagram, like – uh, however, on TikTok, <laughs> they do not. They don't hold back. And people on TikTok will come for your throat. Like, it is crazy. Because it's people outside of the industry. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So it's like they they just show your videos to, like, everybody. You're not, like, as in a bubble, I don't right. think. Um, I had that one video that was, like, it, I, I spent maybe five minutes putting this video together. And I posted it on TikTok. And it got uh, a couple million views. And... It, it went crazy. It was the one where, where the, the sound was like, I charge $3,000 for these. These one of a kind, one monogrammed, you know, masterpieces or whatever. And people took it so seriously and were like, what is this? Like, how can those be vegan? How can those, you know, be um, align your chakras? And I was like, it's a joke. It's funny. It's supposed to be funny. I thought it was hilarious. Oh but they like came out of the woodwork and I turned the comments off on that video on TikTok and they came and found me on Instagram and were like leaving comments on other videos. <laughs> they were like, why'd you turn the comments off on TikTok? I was like, because you're crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You know what I do see sometimes though? If I'm on TikTok, I'll come across like a lash video, which mm-hmm. we were just talking before this. I really try to not consume lash information or content when I'm not working because Mm -hmm. I just need a separation from my work. But when something comes up and I see the comments and they're ugly, it's so nice when other people in the lash community start defending. It's so sweet. So hopefully people do that to you. Yes, the hive descends. Like um, even on TikTok, even on that video where people were like, what is this? Like it was – 
it was really cool to see other people like coming to your rescue. Not that, you know, anybody really needs rescuing, but like it was, um, it was really cool to see people like out there defending mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. It was really awesome. So I want to talk to you about mega volume because that's your specialty. Um, first about creating a specialty and, um, being unafraid to niche down on the type of work that you're mostly doing, right. not saying that if you're doing mega volume, you can't ever do classic again or something. But mm. I kind of want to talk to you about that because that's something that we do at Pink Lady Lash. We are the opposite. We are mostly the very realistic looking, daintier sets. I love it. And we love yours. Like, yeah. I can't tell you how often the <laughs> girls talk about you. So, but we love oh, like really love dramatic it. sets too sometimes, yeah. but most of our clients are, we've really catered to this other type, Yeah. but we could still love and appreciate mm -hmm. that just as much. Sure. So I just want to talk to you about your thoughts on niching down. I think it's really, um, in today's in today's beauty industry, I think it's really important to do that because that is just how the industry as a whole has progressed, how it's evolved. Back in the day, whenever my mom did hair, like whenever my mother, like I grew up in a salon, my mom did hair, she was a cosmetologist. And back in the day, um, you did everything. Like it was a one-stop shop. You went to the beauty shop, you know, and right. you got your lashes and brows tinted, you got waxed, you got your hair permed, you got everything manicures, pedicures. It was a one-stop shop. And now everything has, everybody has become such a specialist. And now you go to one place to get your highlights. You get, go to one place to get your, you know, your extensions, one place to get a pedicure, you know? So with that in mind, it's, if you are, and I tell students this, like it's, I think it's important to find your niche, find the one that you, the thing that you're most passionate about, because then you can offer that, you know, uh, you can be the best at that and you can kind of pour yourself into that one um, kind of task, that one service that you are just like so passionate about that you're going to just be the best in town and be known for it. And if you're known for that one thing, people will find you, yep. you know, instead if you're just like a jack of all trades, a Jane of all trades, yep. then it's like, well, what is she known for? What does she do? A master you know? of all is a master of none. Yeah. And Absolutely. also, I would argue that it also helps increase your client retention because they know mm -hmm. this is the place to go for this thing that I want. Yeah, I'm precisely. not leaving. Right. You know, like I'm not going to go go to Brow Daddy for a, a pedicure. Right. Sorry if you offer pedicures. Out mm -hmm. there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, <clears throat> second question about mega volume. What do you see most commonly? done and correctly when you see mega volume sets on, mm. on social media or oh. in, with students that come in to train with you in the beginning? Buckle up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Um, there's this huge like misconception out there that the wider the fan, the better it is. Like students come in and they're like, I want to learn those big gigantic wides, like where the the ones on the right are pointing to the right. The ones on the left are pointed to the left. And like, it's just because they see those all over social people pinching those. And there's like 50 extensions in them and they're, you know, 17 millimeters long. And like that, that is, um, not all, you know, mega volume is other things than, th than that.
you know, people think that um, that mega volume, a lot of clients actually think that mega volume refers to the length mm. of, of volume. And I'm like, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, kind of misconceptions about mega volume in general. Um, <clears throat> and with the flower bouquet technique the, the, and the shimmy technique and all the, the techniques that I, that I teach in my classes, um, a lot of those techniques are specifically to get like medium to narrow fans, which is going to give you a much neater appearance in the, in the finished look of your, of your set. Um, and, uh, like in, in the wide pans aren't bad, but they just have a different place, mm-hmm. particularly not on my clients. <laughs> it, it, it just gives a much more textured, a much more textured look that I don't do really. But. <laughs> so do you feel like someone that is doing mega volume incorrectly is more susceptible to damaging or just placing unhealthy work. Yes. Yes. Um, the, the big giant crazy sets that you see all over, all over Instagram. I, the, this is how I deal with it. This is how I, this is what I say is that they're not sustainable long-term. You know, if you're doing 50 D mega volume fans, they do weigh something. They do weigh something. Um, is it going to completely destroy her lash, like her natural lashes right off the bat? Probably not. But if you're wearing those, you know, six months to a year, then you're going to start seeing fewer and fewer natural lashes, I would say. Um, What's the average um, amount of hairs per fan that most clients are going to get on their lash line? 15. That's a good That's a good starting point. That's what I teach my, my students. That's what I tend to do on on my clients. Um, that's a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen that some clients like that is maybe a little bit too heavy for them. So then you can, you know, drop it back. Mm-hmm. Do 10 to 12. You can get a full blackout with 10 to 12 D. Like it's at whenever you get above like 20 D, it's just a waste of product. Yeah. In my opinion. I see that. Like I don't want them to be like bushy or like bulky. Mm-hmm. Never, never, I, I never want a bulky looking set, you know. So you talked about being really inspired taking another company's training and um, then you worked really, really hard to create your own training and make it your own. Mm-hmm. Has that happened to you? Like you've seen students go off and have these success stories as well. And what does that feel like? It feels so good. And yes, yes, I have. Um, a couple come to mind. Um, I'm not going to say your name, but <laughs> you know who you are. Um, it feels really good. It feels um, almost, I hate to use the word validating, but it feels like, wow, wow. I've, I'm on the other side of that mm-hmm. situation. It's really cool. Does it ever happen where you feel like some does it do you ever get students that come to you just for the certificate almost? They're not really mm-hmm. pouring into it or practicing enough. Yes. In second part, do you also see where they come take your class and then immediately start offering training, maybe a little too soon? Um well, okay, that 
there's one person like in particular that that immediately comes to mind that was I, it was very obvious to me that they were there just for the certificate to put on their wall and they were like well now i'm gonna go train <laughs> i was mm. like okay what <laughs> all right cool i mean there's no lash police like yeah all i can do is be like you know all, more power to you if you need anything reach out um <clears throat> but it's kind of the wild west mm. you know what i mean so yeah. it's like the students if there, there are any potential students out there you really have to do some digging do some digging find some reviews and not just the reviews that they post on their instagram mm. find some you know if there are bad reviews <laughs> find them yeah <laughs> you know get get both sides um you know uh but really watch who you're spending your money with because literally anybody can call themselves a trainer and i don't know i've i've just heard so many horror stories but anyway sorry yeah. I, I don't mean to keep no. derailing yeah no <laughs> um i just was curious is there anything that surprised you as being um when you became like a lash trainer and started traveling because or actually question I just started you traveling ju- that's what i was gonna say this year yeah um so the the overwhelming welcome that you get whenever you go into somebody else's salon has just been uh, like out of this world mm-hmm. so good so like I always get a little bit nervous the couple of days leading up to mm-hmm. um but as soon as you walk in and they're you're greeted with this big hug and they're just like my space is your space and you know come on in whatever you need and they're like setting things up and it's just everybody's super excited because it's a, a training day and you know training days are always the best days so it's just I was overwhelmed by the uh, hospitality that I've been shown and it's just like I want to keep doing it because it's just great it's so cool so. it's 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 awesome like to see someone like fully living um like their life, their dream life, you know, and you can really tell when someone is in that mode. It's really cool. A question that I've asked on nearly every podcast um, or every interview is what is your favorite failure? So you can spin that anyway, Mm. but Essentially, a favorite failure would be something that didn't work out the way you had hoped. Sometimes it's like a blessing in disguise. Does anything come to mind? Whenever I opened my space, the studio that I have now, it was intention. I had intended for it to be a lash salon, like a proper lash salon with a receptionist and and all that stuff. And I had four stations set up in there and it looked fantastic. Um, But at the same time, like I had kind of bitten off a little bit more than I could chew. I was also working on my product line. And if anybody out there has worked on a product line, you're working with people in other countries a lot of times in different time zones. Um, so I was up very late working on this stuff while simultaneously trying to like get girls trained and, you know, get clients for my staff. And it was just like, it was too much. So it was like one thing, one of these is going to scale and the other one, you know, it can scale, but not as fast as e-commerce can scale. Um, so I decided to put the lash salon part.
part on hold and I tra- I transitioned it over into a training facility instead of taking, you know, clients there and having a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put that on hold while I got the the product line up and kind of learned e- the e-commerce business. And it's just recently that I have just hired two stylists and um, I think this is the first like announcement mm-hmm. like at all <laughs> that we're going to start taking clients this month at the end of the month. I believe June 22nd is our, our start date. Um, and I've got two fantastic stylists, one of which has con- went through my class like a year ago, a year ago last May. Um, and she's kind of been working on her working on her craft for a year. And um, she got in touch with me and she was, she's killing it. Um, and the other one, the other girl, Mel, like she's killing it too. So uh, oh, they'll, wow. anyway, so, so yes, that was my favorite mistake. My favorite like failure, I guess, is that the lash salon didn't work out because I was too busy doing other things. Now that I was able to turn my attention to the e-commerce business and got that up and running, get that up and running. Now I can turn my, my attention back to opening the lash salon portion of, you know, the Lash Guy Pro Empire. <laughs> I think you can take from that really a lot. But number one is a lot of times we do something, we have a dream in mind, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's just not the right time. Correct. But it doesn't mean that it's not still meant for you or mm-hmm. you can still do it later. I think also being able to make difficult decisions and not hanging on to things um, because of pride or whatever reason is really important and obviously can work out. That in the last two years, it's been about, oh, it's nearly two years since I opened the space. And in that time, let let me start by saying I am so glad that it worked out the way that it did because the growth personally that I've been able to do in the last couple of years is, has just been astronomical. And I don't think I would have been able to run a salon to be, yeah. to be quite honest. It's hard. I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. And I didn't realize everything that went into it. Mm-hmm. My, my brain was like, well, I'm just going to open the space and we're all just going to be like do lashes together and have fun and, you know, bake a cake made, made out of rainbows and braid each other's hair and it'll be, everything will just be hunky dory. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to it that goes into it. The marketing, the advertising, the the training, the paperwork, the everything else that goes in, you know, all the systems that you have to put in place. Um, you know, and I didn't have that knowledge back in the day, back in the day, two years ago. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't know, I didn't know, but now, now I do. And I'm also a lot more comfortable being the boss and saying, this is where we're going. Um, you know, this is our plan. You know, this is this is what the company stands for. This is what we are, you know, this is where we're headed, captaining the ship, basically. Mm-hmm. And back then it was more like I wanted to be like one of the girls. Mm. Like I wanted to be and I I had no um drive to like steer the ship, basically. And I'm get so it. glad it did, I didn't get, you know, do that because oh yeah. yeah. Salon ownership is very hard. Yeah. Just and because you can do lashes really well doesn't mean you can run a business really well. <laughs> exactly. So Yes. <laughs> so anything new on the horizon besides that, of course? Is there anything mm-hmm. else? So I've got a couple things. Um, I'm rolling out a master class 
actually. Um, the the class that I've been teaching for the last couple of years is mainly to learn the flower bouquet and learn attachment. And there's a bunch of other stuff that goes into it. The master class is going to strip away. This is this is really is for advanced lash artists who know their way around the industry. This is if you want to do the sets that I do, if you want to walk away and having done the set that I'm known for, this is the class for you, right? And the attachment and the retention and all that stuff. That's what that's what this is going to be about. Um, also, some merch. Really? Yes. I'm so like, <laughs> this makes me so happy because I've wanted, I wanted a line of merch for so long. But I actually Pink. brought a piece right here. Cute. And you know what? I, so... This is the one that says Lash Famous. Oh, Isn't yeah. Isn't that so cute? Yeah. Like, I just wanted it to be simple, yes. like, bold to the point of, like, we're all Lash Famous, girl. You know oh what I mean? Oh, my gosh. I love so, that. There's a line. There's a Lash Famous collection. There is a I'd Rather Be Lashing collection, which I'm also super. I can't tell you how many times in my life I thought to myself. I was somewhere, and I thought to myself, ugh. I'd rather be lashing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so we've got like hoodies and sweatshirts and some like um, tanks and I've got a candle, like all kinds of all kinds oh of fun my stuff. Gosh. Yeah. So we'll be rolling those out um, probably later later in the month. But that's so excited. cool. Um, I love that. I always wanted to have uh, like merch or something. And then I got to work with a fangirl society for Lash Boss Summit to create the shirts oh, right. and stuff. And yeah, I was yeah. like, can you guys please make a fanny pack? Because I just think it would be cool. <laughs> so if you ever so make a fanny pack, well, I don't know why I like those so much. Well, but they're so trendy right now. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? They're cute. They're cute. Okay, last question. This is a fairly simple one. What has gotten you excited, motivated, or inspired lately? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, okay. So yesterday, I was out running errands, and, like, I was – I looked a mess. I was in the middle of a painting project. I was covered in paint, like, head to toe, looking a hot mess. And um, I was out shopping, and a girl came up to me, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, excuse me, are you Lash Guy Pro? I was just, I was floored. So I was recognized in public for the first time. Like, that's so cute. Wasn't a, not a lash artist. She was a, an esthetician. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you get shy in those moments or how do you, how do you react? I, it, it was the first time that that's happened to me outside of like a lash event event or something like that. Like, it, first of all, it's super cool whenever that happens, even at lash events. Like, that is, that is amazing. Um, but, um, but yeah, like I was just, I was shocked. I was like, me? Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's me. That's 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 my that's my company. <laughs> so so um, cool. Very very humbling. Very grateful um, to to have had that experience, and it was just really really cool. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. And you, the first slash event you went to was yours. Um, yeah. Wait, second. Both well, of them. Right. Because I co-hosted the first one. That's right. Lash bash. Oh, I. God. I co-hosted with Mo from Lash Bash. Yes. So, listeners, this girl knows how to throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't been to, uh, what did Lash... you think about the summit? I loved it. I absolutely loved Sorry it. Sorry for cutting you off. No, you're good. Um, 
the Lash Boss Summit was a lot of fun. Um, I got to see a lot of people who were, to me, like, I was starstruck, to be honest. I was starstruck by, by so many people. I'm going to try to keep that in check the, the, at the next, mm-hmm. you know, events that I go to. Um, uh, but I there's so much value that was offered to to lash artist and it was so cool to see everybody have they had their their notes app out on their phone they had their their actual like physical pen and paper out like scribbling notes i had my my notebook out scribbling like handwriting notes like pages and pages um because there's just so much good information it doesn't matter where you are in your lash journey you can be you know the you you can have a a million dollar you know business going on but there's always something fresh that you can hear from somebody else, a new perspective, a new way of doing things. Um, they may even just turn you on to a new um, resource that you didn't, that you weren't aware of. Um, so yeah, you can always, you know, find something of value in a, in a summit like that. And I'm, I'm very grateful to have gone. Me too. So. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for sharing all of your story today and, Thank you. It was Thanks great getting to pick your brain and stuff. So I loved it. You'll have to come back again. And I think you'll be at Lash Boss Summit this coming year. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, would, I would absolutely love to. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Uh, I forget how I end my episodes if I do that. <laughs> do I say What's anything else? <laughs> I think that's it, right? Yeah. That is it. When we fade out, fade out the music, I think. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you for that. I'll be back to co-host next time. <laughs> <laughs>